It's a mailbag Monday and a lot of questions about Jalen Brown's contract. Kristaps Porzingis playing fast. Brad taking a big risk. A Legends game and a whole lot more. It's all right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with Hilario B. Corral is above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day, but for August and September, three days a week here on the NBA side. Uh, so toning it down just a tiny bit. It's the off season. We're slowing it down just a bit. Back to five days a week in about six weeks or so. And then after that, seven days a week, six days a week, five days, whatever it needs, once the season starts, post-game podcasts, all that stuff. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. Watch the show on YouTube. I'm John Corrales. I used to play back in the day, back, back, back in the day. Now I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. Today, it's a mailbag Monday. I've got a ton of questions that uh, start with a lot of Jalen Brown over the first couple of segments. Some Kristaps Porzingis, Brad Stevens taking a big risk. Uh, this concept of a legends game, which is interesting, not actual legends playing and, uh, my favorite state later on, let's just dive right in with Owen. Will the second apron of the new CBA affect JB and his contract? No, the second apron only impacts the Boston Celtics as a team and their ability to make moves, their ability to make certain trades. It closes uh, some of the parameters on on certain deals. It it, it inc they pay tax. It doesn't impact uh, Jalen's contract necessarily, but it impacts how much tax the the Celtics will be paying uh, because just because you you go over. It's not the second apron. It's it's that the Celtics will be having a, a hefty tax tax bill. Um, so Jalen Brown and the as far as the numbers in his con, the, the amount that's going to be totally that's done. It's the only thing that impacts that is next year's salary cap, which uh, everybody, everybody right now is operating on. Uh, it could be 140. What's next year's what's next year's cap going to be 143 million or so, but it could be more depending on, on new projections. So, that that's going to be where Jalen's contract is set. 35% of that number, 8% raises, and then you go out from there. So his contract will not change regardless of where the Celtics are on the second apron. King Kahuna says, can you name any NBA team that would not pay JB the deal he just got from the Celtics? And why not? So no, if other teams were in that situation, I think 30 out of 30, when you've got a star player like Jalen Brown, who made all NBA, who uh, is eligible for a Supermax, I don't think any of these other teams mess around with that. What other team, what other GM might not make that deal? 
Um, you, the only thing that I can think of is if he's playing on a team, OKC, Charlotte, uh, Chicago, Miami, teams that have stor- historically not paid the tax or have been reluctant to get into the tax and quickly get out of it if they've ever paid it. If the Celtics, you know, if they're in a similar situation as the Celtics as a, a super expensive team, would they maybe look to trade Jalen? I can see that. I can see that being the case for a handful of teams that generally don't pay the tax. Uh, but then they would have made a lot of other moves and they might have traded Jalen already by then. But I think a team in this situation just gone to the finals, then the conference finals game seven, and one of your two star players is up for a supermax. I think most teams would do it. And the only reason not to is financial. Uh, I don't know if you're looking for would a team just say, you know what? We don't think you're good enough for 35%. So we're not going to offer that to you. I don't think any other teams really mess around with that. I don't think somebody says, we'll give you 32 because that's more than 30, more than anybody could pay you and good luck. The, the overall numbers, there is a significant difference. And I'll get into this in the next question, actually between 35 and 30%. But the 30% number is still about $250 million, right? Jalen is still making over $40 million a year in his first year. Uh, he's not reaching 69 million in his final year, but it's still so much money that I think a player can say, if he wanted to, I think we're at the point in, in NBA history where a player could say, you know what? Either you give me the whole 35 or I'll just go get the 30 from somewhere else. Don't mess around with 32 because 32 is, it, it means nothing to me. 32, 33, like you're, you're nickel and diming me here. If, if you're going to go down to 32, then who cares at that point, I'll just lose the other two, I'll lose that 2%, go to 30 and I'll just enter free agency and control my own destiny. And, and free agency, the raises are 5%, not 8%. And you, you tend to lose a little bit more. But my point is the, the, financial state of the league is so great that we're already at a point where people are talking about restricted free agents, the high level top five picks hitting restricted free agencies and taking a qualifying offer. That's just so huge. The number is so big that, Hey, I'll take that qualifying offer. It's still a lot of money. It's not everything I'd make, but I can make that up down the road, take another endorsement. I'll just, Hey, I'll sell some soap and make up the difference for, you know, what I've lost. Let me take my qualifying offer and just enter unrestricted free agency next year. We're at a point here where guys can decline. I'll say certain amounts of money because what they're getting is still like a lottery jackpot. So I think teams would just pay and, and be done with it. Jack, in light of Jalen signing his Supermax, how does this affect the Celtics' financial flexibility compared with if he wasn't eligible for the Supermax? My main question is if Jalen didn't take didn't make an All-NBA team this past season and, and we extended him, how much more financial flexibility would we have with the new CBA? 
Well, the new CBA, the rules are the rules, right? So you're looking at that second apron where the Celtics, by letting Grant go and not paying him a certain, you know, whatever it was that uh, he might have gotten from Boston, if it was the same deal, whatever, uh, they let him go to to get underneath that second apron. Well, if Jalen only got the 30%, that's $7 million less approximately in the first season of his extension uh, versus 35%. Now, it wouldn't have impacted – I probably shouldn't even have brought up Grant Williams because Grant was this year and, and Jalen's still under contract. But Grant would have been under contract in the future, and that also had an impact. So his first season – Jalen, $42.8 million approximately, depending on what that, that salary uh, cap is next year. Well, when I look at the cap sheet for next season, the Celtics are currently, as currently consti- constituted, uh, that's Jalen, Jason making his final year number, Porzingis, Brogdon still around, White's still around, Rob's still around. There's draft picks. There's, you know, let's assume that Delano Banton is still on the roster, stuff like that. They are $2.8 million over the second apron. So already, if Jalen didn't make all NBA, they'd be $5 million under the second apron, which means that Malcolm Brogdon could probably stick around. There wouldn't be they they wouldn't have to necessarily make a monster move to get under the second apron. So it would give them flexibility. The 35% max the first year, first year. Depending again, it's not an exact number. If he's making somewhere around $50 million at 35%, Jalen would make somewhere around $43 million at 30%. The overall value of the deal is somewhere around $42 million or so less overall. Uh, Jalen wouldn't have made uh, what he makes in the first year. At 35%, it would have taken him till year three to make approximately that. And his final year salary would be about $10 million less. So all approximate numbers, but within that ballpark. So the financial flexibility it would have mattered. $7 million is a big amount. So yeah, if you want to look at it that way, and plenty of people do, that the Celtics kind of got a little screwed, but also the the um the new rules would have allowed for uh some increase in the uh in the extension so i, I do think he could have made that up and and i think with in- incentives and stuff like that they it might not even be a full 7 million but if he ne- if he never made the all nba and he, if he didn't make it next year the Celtics would have definitely had a financial savings. Uh, up next, more Jalen Supermax. Uh, I've been talking about what if he didn't earn that money, uh, but what if he does earn that money? We'll talk about that next. First, today's show brought to you by FanDuel. Hey, baseball season is here. Uh, we're right there in, in the thick of it, uh, heading into August. Playoffs are going to be coming around the corner here, so take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel. Make your first bet, multiply that by 10, up to $200. You're going to get bonus bets there. So if you bet 20 bucks, 
20 bucks times 10, that's your 200. That's the maximum. They're going to give you $200 in bonus bets, whether you win or lose. So 200 bucks, you can bet on anything MLB. You want to bet the money line. You want to bet over, under, on runs scored. You want to bet home runs. You want to bet who who does what. It's all there on uh, FanDuel. The app is super safe and secure. Very, very easy to use. You get paid right away when you win. It's exactly what you want in a, an app like FanDuel, no better place to bet on the MLB. It's America's number one sports book. Sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. You get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Very important that you do that. Very, very important. FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is an official partner of Major League Baseball. Just ask you if you're going to bet. Go ahead. Please gamble responsibly. Thank you for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Remember, Monday, Wednesday, Friday is the new schedule. Monday, Wednesday, Friday is the new schedule here for the Locked On Celtics podcast. Uh, Going to do that until the the last week or two of uh, September, and then training camps around the corner. We're getting back to media day. It's not that far away, so uh, we'll be back to five days a week before you know it. Let's get back to the mailbag. Juan Manuel says there are some people saying that Jalen shouldn't receive the Supermax deal. I'm going to be optimistic and say, what if he's only at about 70 or 80% of his potential in entering his prime? What if, uh, what if he could be not number two, but become a star at the same level of Tatum? Well, I think even if Jalen gets to where Tatum is now, Tatum is, I think you can say that he's going to grow. I don't know that Jalen is going to get to that level. He certainly could. I, I've, I remember years ago, I, I thought I, I could see Jalen's ceiling and he's busted through that. So I wouldn't expect him to be as good as Jason right now, but who knows? Maybe he can, maybe he is, maybe he will be. Uh, I'm not saying that that's out of the question either. So I think we're at a point where better ball handling, uh, more more selective in some of the shots that he takes. It's not Marcus Smart level, but definitely some level of more being more selective, uh, not trying to do too much, and always being focused on defense. I think those are the things that are keeping Jalen from reaching that all-NBA level all the time. So... It's possible that, yeah, he's going to increase. Uh, He's going to improve, I should say. Will he improve to the point where people are going to say, you're earning that 60 or 68 or seven, whatever it is, million dollars? No, I don't think so. I don't think he's, I don't think he's ever going to quote unquote live up to that particular amount of money because that amount of money just suggests that you're able to do everything. And he's not able to do everything all the time, but he's still really, really damn good. So I think baked into this question is what if Jalen becomes like a first-team All-NBA guy? And I just don't see him as a first-team All-NBA guy. I just don't. So, and that's not a knock on him. I just don't see it. Second team, third team, sure. Maybe some years he doesn't make it. Maybe some years he makes second team. That, that could be his career. I've said multiple times, if he tweaks his game and understands 
when to push and when to hold back and when to pass and when to actually shoot. If the Celtics have the level of success that they're supposed to have, and if they can win a couple of championships and be at the top of the standings and he sticks around, I think he can be a Hall of Fame player. He has the potential to be a Hall of Fame player, but not the way he's going now. Honestly, not the way he's going now. He's He has to just be a little bit more selective, judicious, more protective of the ball. Uh, he, he does have to, and, and that will get him to that next level. So I'm not sure if I fully answered the question, uh, Juan Manuel, but um, I, I, I just think that Tatum is a better basketball player than Jalen. And that's not a knock on Jalen at all because Jalen is a very damn good basketball player, one of the best in the world, right? There's only a few dozen maybe b- better than him. That's Sign me up to be the 30th or 35th or whatever it is best player in the world, right? I, I, won't, I won't be upset about that. Aaron asks, uh, or actually, big setup here. New, new CBA pressures teams to break up expensive rosters. Celtics having Jalen Jason Porzingis is going to get expensive very soon, so the window is very short. Then, with the moves made this summer, the Celtics are completely changing their strategy. Uh, before it was defense wins championships, and now it's three points, three-pointers in Missoula ball. Considering the closing window of the Jalen Jason era, isn't it super risky of Brad to go all in suddenly with Missoula ball? It's a strategy that has never seen any success with the Celtics. Uh, And Spolstra completely dismantled Missoula Ball in the conference finals. So there's a lot. There's a lot in that question. Is it risky? Yes. The answer is yes. It's risky because it's a it's a stylistic kind of change. Uh, You're you are focusing. You're changing the focus midstream, right? It's. And, and that's, that's hard to do, right? You're, if you're focusing on one aspect and then all of a sudden you say, no, 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 we're going to do this. It, it changes how players process things and it changes where the Celtics, where the players will turn in times of, you know, in tight games, uh, with a lead, with a, a deficit, it changes Oh, we're down. We need to, it's not, we need to get a stop. It's, we need to hit a shot. And honestly, both sides of this, uh, have value because especially in 2023, it's an offense first NBA. The NBA is all about offense. The top ranked defense this year would have been the worst ranked defense like 15 years ago. It's just, that's where the league is. That's what the league wants. All of their rules changes make it so you can't defend on the perimeter. You can't, um, you, you can't have contact or any amount of contact generally defaults to defensive foul. So it's, it's yes, defense wins championships and we all want to focus on defense. Uh, but the fact is it's an offense first league. And Spolstra dismantled Missoula Ball. Uh, I don't know that he dismantled Missoula Ball as much as the Celtics' defense didn't really respond well to uh, the the Gabe Vincents and you know 
Caleb Martins of the world. I think that's where the Celtics really uh, fell apart. It's not that Spolstra completely shut the Celtics down. I know that zone defense. That's that's a Celtics thing. That's that's not that's not uh, Spolstra kind of. It, it really wasn't. It shouldn't have been that magical. It, sh- it should have been easier. And I think that's a Celtics thing. But it's risky. It is risky. And to go to bring in Porzingis, you are running the risk of changing a very um, fluid dynamic at the top with Jalen and Jason. And if the wrong guy loses too much of his offense, that's going to be, or if either guy loses too much of his offense, I should say, that's going to be, that that has the potential to get messy. So not only is it a risk to change strategy, it's a risk to, to change the mix. It's a risk to move the, um, the the de facto captain of the team and 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 go to a different direction. There are a lot of risks. There are a lot of risks, um, and who knows how how they're going to go. Um, but I, I Brad, you can say one thing: he's not afraid. He's not afraid. Philip says, "I just started watching Porzingis clips, and something caught my eye." After opponents score, he gets a defensive rebound and makes the two-hand overhead pass across the entire court. When you consider that along, when you consider that alongside with the fact that White moves the ball faster than Smart did, do you see the potential for us to run at a faster pace, uh, higher pressure offense? Let me dispute the fact that White moved the ball faster than Smart did. Smart was really trying to move the ball. When Smart was actually allowed to be point guard, he pushed the pace. And I, I just feel the need to correct that because Smart pushed the pace, all right? When he wasn't, when he was on the floor, but Tatum and Brown were bringing the ball up, that's when things slowed down. But when Smart had the ball in his hands, he was waving guys, waving guys. Come on, let's go, let's go. So let's just dispel that myth. Now with Porzingis throwing those outlet passes and the fact that White does move the ball, can the Celtics play at a faster pace? I think there's a potential because it's not that Porzingis just makes the outlet pass. It's that he and Rob and Al, whatever combination of those guys are on the floor, they will protect the rim very well. And when you protect the rim very well, you can get out and run. And yes, the outlet pass is a huge part of that because you get that pass out there and that's where if you can hit that guy in stride, boom, boom, you're, you're out there, you're getting lamps. I've been dying for that. I've been dying for transition basketball. So yes. Is it possible with Porzingis, not just outletting, but protecting the rim and getting block shots? Yes. It's but the potential is there to run at a faster pace. Uh, come back with more on um, this concept of a uh, legends game. An interesting concept, but it's not the legends playing. We'll talk about that next. Thank you for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. I want to invite you to go check out the Lockdown NBA podcast. That one is staying five days a week. The team podcasts are going down to three. but And, and I, as I say, team podcasts going down to three. If something comes up on a Tuesday, I will podcast about it. It doesn't have to be three. It could be more if something comes up. But Lockdown NBA, which I host on Wednesdays with Jake Madison, is staying five days a week. So check out Locked On NBA. Uh, Brian 
asked, did you ever think we'll see the day where Tatum takes the same fury of anger he directs at the officials, uh, but directs it at his opponents instead? Uh, I feel this team still needs an enforcer, someone that can help keep the bullies from playing head games with our stars, especially with Marcus and Grant gone. Uh, look, I, I grew up on enforcer basketball. I grew up on that. Those days, sadly, are gone. I liked enforcer basketball. I liked the hard foul. I liked a little bit of players being able to police the game. A little bit, right? Someone someone is getting to the rim too easily. Hey, a little bit of a hard foul. Send a message, right? Put him on his butt and let him know. Uh, we're not, we're not going to let it, we're not going to let you just cruise to the rim. It's not going to be a layup line for you. Someone's getting, uh, too, I don't know, boisterous, calm them down with a hard foul. I never, not trying to injure anybody, anything like that, but those days are gone. And I, I, I don't think the Celtics need an enforcer. They need an edge. They need, they need somebody to at least, I don't know, start talking a little bit more. Somebody that can get the Celtics kind of riled up. I look back at that Grant thing with uh, Jimmy Butler and people were like, oh man, he shouldn't have poked the bear. And I was like, you know what? The Celtics should be ashamed of themselves because Grant's the only one willing to get up in somebody's face. Everyone else was like, oh, Grant, please stop. No, you shouldn't do that. Like, no, get up. You know what? You should be you should be pulling Grant out of the way so you can get into Jimmy Butler's face. Like somebody on this team, get a little bit of like, uh, get some. I know what you're saying about Tatum here, turning some of the the anger that he has at the officials and turning it towards a player. That would actually be kind of fun. But that's not who these Celtics are, and and we'll see. Maybe maybe people can change as they grow. But this Celtics team has has generally been a softer team. They, they're either going to ride high and blow you out with great offense and some, some good defense at the rim, or, you know, can they be bullied? Can they be knocked around? Can they be, can some kind of tough team that plays physical can, can that get into their heads? Uh, I'm not saying they can't. And it's, it's not that long ago that I mean, with, with Ime, they, they had a little bit more of an edge, but they still, they still need more. I agree that they need more, but that could just also be a remnant of the old days. I, I just feel like an edge suits a championship team. Like you need to have, you need to have a little, you know, F you in your game so you can get through some of the tough times rather than get tight and get nervous like the Celtics. Oh, we're going to play not to lose. You know what? Run up the damn score. I'd rather see you run up the damn score and have people go like, Oh, maybe they shouldn't have won by 40. Like, yeah, stop me. I'd much rather have that. I'd much rather have the attitude be, Hey, you know, you, you, you guys won 120 to 70. Why don't you call off the dogs? Tell it's not our fault. You got to stop. If you don't want us to win by 50, then stop us from outscoring you by 50. Otherwise, shut up. That's the attitude I want. Not, okay, we're up 11. Oh, don't screw it up, guys. Please. We're, I hope we win. I hope we don't lose this one. 
No. Get out there and be like, 11? We're going to make this 20. Watch this. Watch us lock you down. We're not happy with it just being 11. We're going to make it 15 and 20 and 25. We're going to still try to win this quarter by 30. They don't have it. They don't have that. They definitely don't have that. Moving on. Todd, forward this idea to the Celtics front office. Love the confidence. Could the Celtics have a Legends game where the current players honor a Celtics legend by wearing, for one game, their retired numbers? It would be very cool to see the Legends numbers on the court for a game. Uh, invite the surviving Legends to be in attendance for the game. Could be a great honor. Um, I think that would be fun. Actually, I, I would actually love to see a team honor uh, a legend by somehow wearing his number. I don't think the rules will allow for every player to wear a certain number, uh, but they could wear like a patch. They could do a special kind of uh, their city edition jersey or their um, their earned edition jersey, whatever it is, that extra jersey that they get. Could be something where they, they do something like that. Uh, I love the idea. Uh, but I don't think it can be executed in this exact way. I think, I think there's room here to play with it, but, uh, eh, I don't know. I, I, I also understand the Celtics have too many retired numbers and that makes for like, we're going to see a bunch of, at, at some point when, you know, your grandkids are watching the Celtics and everybody, the, everybody's in the starting lineup is going to be wearing some eight, like 80, 81, 82, 83, 84, um, are going to be your starting, your starting five. Uh, that that's, I think we're not that far away, but I don't know if you have any ideas, send them in. I can, I can read them off, but I like, I like the idea, but know that the Celtics can't wear, like you're not going to see Jason Tatum wearing a number six, uh, that's that's not going to happen. But could the Celtics do something different? Maybe. Uh, certainly can't have a Legends game where guys play. You're not going to have KG out there playing Paul Pierce or anything like that. Paul said, uh, wait, asks, why why don't you not do a Reggie Lewis episode? Saw your column, but it was a day of lament for Celtics fans, and it would have meant something to talk about only Reggie. I didn't do a Reggie retrospective um i don't know it just didn't it didn't we, we talked a little bit about him and i didn't i didn't it's tough it's tough on days like that when you're remembering reggie and and i don't know for some reason it just didn't it didn't feel like a whole podcast episode just yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, it just didn't, it didn't strike me as something I thought that would work. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why. I just didn't think that a whole Reggie Lewis episode, uh, because then it, it, it just becomes, it becomes a whole like half hour of like, yeah, Reggie was awesome. And it's a shame that he died. And, um, you know, we could do the what ifs and all that. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't want to turn Reggie's memory into 30, 30 minutes of like 
hypotheticals and, and all that stuff. Like we all miss Reggie Lewis. So I just, we said, we said what we said. And I think, I think that was, that was enough. The memory, the memory of Reggie, I, I didn't want to, I guess I didn't want to cheapen it because I feel like a whole podcast episode with all of this, it would have the potential to cheapen them to have it sound cheap was there. And I didn't want to do that. So that's that explanation. All right. Finally, a fun question, which you can do. If you, if you want to send your questions, you can send your questions in to johncorrales.com slash mailbag, johncorrales.com slash mailbag. Uh, I will do, uh, mailbag episodes all every Monday and next week I'm on vacation next week. I will pre-record these, these podcasts. Uh, maybe I'll do extra mailbags next week. So get your questions in, uh, get some fun questions in, uh, whatever it is, I will, I'll give you some bonus podcast, uh, mailbags next week so we can get, you know, so you'll have something to listen to for those three days while I am vacationing on a beach. Uh, Colin, the final question says, what's, what's been your favorite state that you've ever visited? If it's not Montana, come out and let's go fishing. I've never, I've never visited Montana. So, uh, when I'm in Montana next, I will let you know, and let's go fishing. I don't know when I'll get to Montana, if I'll get to Montana, but Hey, maybe one of these days, uh, seems like the fishing is good out there. It's tough to talk about my favorite state that I visited because a lot of times you go into a state and I'm visiting a specific city. So is Louisiana my favorite state because New Orleans is one of my favorite cities? I don't want to say that necessarily because I've only been to New Orleans. I haven't been around Louisiana. I've been to multiple states in Florida. I just can't bring myself to say Florida is my favorite state. Uh, California is in the running because I've been to multiple cities there. Uh, obviously, L.A., San Francisco, Sacramento, Oakland. Uh, so you're in multiple cities, so you get a, a little bit more of a sense. I've been to San Diego. That's a, the, the coastline is beautiful. Uh, I'm going to go with New York. I lived in New York City for a while. I got to uh, got to know Long Island a little bit, the Merrimack Valley. I got upstate uh, New York. Now, uh, look, obviously, I'm I'm excluding my favorite my my home state of Rhode Island. I'm excluding my second home, Massachusetts, uh, saying I'm going outside of new England, right? I'm, I'm just basically, I'm leaving new England out of it because I love new England. So I'm going outside the boundaries of new England and I'm going to say New York, maybe because maybe it's because it's the closest thing, but I love New York city. Uh, I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun living there. Uh, that was great. It was a great time for me, uh, professionally, personally, uh, it was that, that whole, that whole part of, you know, the, you know, go up the Hudson river and you go upstate Cooperstown and, and, you know, visiting the baseball hall of fame and, and all of that stuff. A lot, lot of, a lot of fun stuff to do. Uh, so yeah, I enjoyed New York very, very much. Uh, obviously I, I didn't go all over. It's a big state, but, um, yeah, I'm just going to go with that, but Hey, I'll put Montana on the list. Thank you so much, everybody, for uh, listening, for submitting these questions, johncorrales.com slash mailbag. That's the only way. That's the easiest way for me. People want to – I forget when people tweet them or put them on Instagram. I just forget them. 
right? And then when it comes time to, on a Sunday afternoon to start compiling things, I just know that's, I've got them all in one place. So johncorrales.com slash mailbag. And that's how you get into the show. Uh, so submit there. Thank you for listening. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, if you are watching on YouTube, hit the comment section. Let me know what you think about the show. Some of the answers, some of the questions, whatever, answer the questions yourselves. If you want, let me know what you think. And I would love it if you everydayers shared the podcast, tell your friends, tell your family, tell everybody that they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.